The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good times. But so many poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> This is the Whole Man's Chronicles, and I'm Sarah. And I'm Nicole. Hey, look what I did. 2024. I'm feeling strong. <laughs> First one out. <laughs> nice and smooth. Yeah, you like that? You like them apples? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah. For the a second, I was get. like, uh-oh, do I need to fill the gap? Like, <laughs> <laughs> You're ready to triage, not to do your part. Got it. <laughs> like, after I said my name, I was like, uh, that was it. <laughs> right, should I keep going? Should I keep going? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome! Yep, I'm here. <laughs> Parker is no longer retrograding. Apparently, I'm capable of doing my intros now. It's a whole new, whole new year, whole new us, but more than likely not. No, I mean... it's just a new year. I'm the fucking same. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a hundred percent the same. Yeah, I, I don't. Like I don't really do New Year's resolutions. No, no, I don't feel seated in any resolution at the moment. What I feel seated in is the seat I'm in, and I wish I could sit in it for like you know the next thirteen days without interruptions. So I could just be relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, I don't really do resolutions because. Quite frankly, you could create a new goal or new whatever at any point in time. Like the fact that it's the new year doesn't necessarily to me signify like this whole no. new, like, I mean, I come up with a new goal in June. So am I having a mid-year resolution? You know what I mean? I don't know. Well, I mean, also consider the fact that time is just a social construct and that goes into fucking oh God. years, not just minutes on the clock. <laughs> Everybody's got different ways of celebrating a new cycle, I guess you could say. But, you know, different religions, different companies, cultures, corp, whatever the fuck we're calling them anymore. Everybody's different. I don't feel like it's a new year until March. Like, spring is my new year feel. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. The nature of pop is just popping off. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe for me, it's like taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Not real. It's all bullshit. Made up money. <laughs> like ah oh, shit. Now, yeah. now here comes the fun. What do I owe? <laughs> right. And then here's a chance to start over and do it better. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Actually, I'm just going to recommend everybody goes through a credit union. Because speaking of taxes, A, I'm expecting to get money back this year finally. But B, unexpected money chunk came from being a member at a credit union. I got $1,500 back for being a member this year. Oh, really? Yes. That's weird. I mean, no. it's great, but like, it's a, what's... It's, a cr- it's a credit union thing. Like, huh. as as when you're a member, you're a literal member, and you have stake in the company, essentially. So, when the company do does good, you get dividends. You get paid back. Hmm. I've had uh, accounts at 
credit unions before, but I don't recall that happening before. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just the credit union I'm in. I don't. I don't know, child. But I got fifteen hundred dollars back, and I'm like, I don't even. I'm pretend this doesn't exist. I didn't get this money. I'm just gonna not look at it. Pretend it doesn't <laughs> exist and let it accrue more money. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, you're telling me. I cried. Literal tears. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. Who's not strapped for cash right now? Who's not hurting? Come on. We're all fucked. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I don't know if I would have a crying reaction, but mm. maybe a little mini dance party. I mean, yeah, that was my crying reaction, I think, was just my emotions dancing. <laughs> a little two-step in your, your tear ducts. Yeah. Yeah. Tear duct two-stepping. Just because my body's not moving. You know what I mean? Jeff Hill, it's got to escape somehow. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over here. Did you see I'm drinking orange I Fanta? did. I did see you were drinking a soda pop. I... What are you doing? Who are you? I don't normally, but, no. um, and usually it's a diet Coke. No, no, I, I don't do that. If I go, if I drink a soda pop, then I go for the full fledged thing. Like I don't like the, oh, well, I mean, the taste of diet or aspartame or any of that stuff. So like, if I, if I do it, I go for usually like a, a Coke or, um, a Dr. Pepper or something. But anyway, I left the house today to run some errands and, I was like, I'm going to treat myself to like a fancy tea or something while I'm out. Well, I didn't realize that everybody is still off work this week because yeah. it was packed everywhere. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I guess you're right. And, like, kids are still out in school, right? Yeah. Yeah. In Michigan, yeah. the kids aren't going back till January 8th. So what? why? That's fucking weird. Anyway. Because the way that the um, Christmas holiday fell. Mm. So anyway, I was like looking at the lines everywhere like, okay, well, not going to go through the Starbucks drive through We are not doing this. We are not doing no. that. Like no, we, don't, we are staying on task. We don't support Starbucks so, anyway. Fuck that place. So anyway, I was like, we're staying on task. I'm not going to drive around trying to find a parking, a parking spot downtown either. Blah, blah, blah. So I treated myself to an orange Fanta from Home Depot. <laughs> from Home Depot. <laughs> it was oh. my final stop and I was so thirsty, but I, get it. I was holding out for my special bevy for yes. treating myself for doing all my errands. And so I just was like, okay, you know what? And then look, I just started drinking it. Like I... Was I I was going to say, is that what you went and grabbed before the recording? Like, oh, hang on a second. I got to get my special Bevy. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right, y'all. This is what 40 looks like. You're excited about your Fanta that you've been saving. <laughs> I wasn't saving it. I just snack. got home not that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> but still, like, instead of keeping it out of the bag, I put it in the bag. I put the bag in the back. You know what I mean? I was like, damn it. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Will you enjoy that, Fanta? Will I tell you the story of Rebecca Lee Crumpler? Oh, that's not a name I know. No, it's not. She was a bad bitch, too. But anyway, do you have any more housekeeping? Like, New Year, New Me shit, or we're Gucci? Uh... No, no more housekeeping, I don't think. I mean, 
since I don't do resolutions and a new year, New Year's Eve to me is a stay home holiday. Yep. Like I, it's, it's one of those days where I'm fine being in my pajamas the whole time and not leaving yeah. the house. Yeah. Um, I've just committed to the fact that if you leave on New Year's Eve, it's never going to be what you think it's going to be. Oh, no, you're, you're just not going to end up disappointed. <laughs> disappointed you're just going to end sober. up disappointed. It's expensive. It it never turns out right. I don't know. So um, considering I'm just treating everything like it's another day, I have no New Year. <laughs> <laughs> no New well, Year tidings. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Seasons greetings. Anyway. <laughs> well then let's jump right in right the fuck in let's yeah. do this dance let's baste this turkey that's been basted oh gosh what's a spring saying anyway let's pick these dandelions what what is happening in your brain i don't know let's baste this turkey you just took me on a wild ride in my head i'm like okay that's thanksgiving time frame but thanksgiving's over so is there another way to say something like that for spring no Mm. This dandelion, mm. you know, just doesn't really roll off the tongue. Anyway, I did have to bat away a mosquito the other day. Ew! In well, well it would have been what December thirty first or January first or something. Like in Michigan, the weather is so crazy, wonky. It's so warm that I was fighting a mosquito. Yeah, which is strange. From getting into my house, I thought they all die or go somewhere. Yep. And so die. <laughs> I thought they just left. I didn't realize they <laughs> stayed. So I'm like, what the fuck? Where did you come from? That's what made me when you just said like spring. I'm like thinking like, well, it the still bugs. feels like it technically. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, my sister came back from she lives in Washington on the actual water and on the coast. And she was like, Your weather is just the same as mine. It's like monsoon season for Christmas. It's not it's nothing they don't there were snow. days that it was the same temperature here in michigan as it was with my family in florida yeah it's maybe not during right. the day like peak time but like in the evening el nino it's happening global warming oh god that was funny the nino all right let's get into it so miss rebecca lee crumpler was just a bad bitch. She was actually born Rebecca Davis on February 8th, 1831. She was the first black female to become a doctor of medicine in the U.S. And she was also one of the first female physician authors in the 19th century. So she went to school, got her school in, made it through. They graduated her and all that fun stuff. And she was the first woman, African-American woman to do that. Which wow dope. i'm excited i know in the 1800s too like i'm kind of i was kind of shocked by that for sure especially since like I'll, I'll get into it but like slavery was still actively going on while she was pursuing her medical career wild mm. mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so she was born in chris she was born in christiana delaware to her mother matilda weber and her father absalom davis Sadly, there is not a lot of information on which what happened when she was born in that time frame. I'm going to make the assessment based on Sarah's world that there was likely not a lot of records taken because there weren't a lot of literate people around her. Just straight up. Um, 
I thought you were going to say, sadly, like she lost both parents or something. No, Not sadly, that there we don't was know. No-, <laughs> no idea what happened to her parents. I was like, what a lead in. Yeah, right. No, no, I'm just assuming this is probably sad. No, that's probably true. Me. That's probably but true. Like- I mean, they didn't really care about black people or their lives or exactly. anything. So- and the people who could write and read were not necessarily other black people. And so, yeah. Nor did they care. So, yeah. So, really what happens from when she was born up to when she was sent to her aunt's farm in Pennsylvania or not farm, but like to her aunt to live with her in Pennsylvania, who was her actual caretaker. She, um, so I don't know what, when, how old she was. I have no idea. Don't know. Um, so she lived with auntie and auntie was like the, caretaker for the town's people like anywhere in the community anybody in the community that needed like medical help they would go to to auntie and like i don't know if she was i mean she had to have been more holistic it's the 1800s and she wasn't a classically trained because there was no such thing as classically trained doctor at the time my assumption is that she was kind of doing holistic medication remedies etc etc you know kind of like maybe a midwife or something like that, but she was a caretaker. And so that really spurred Rebecca to want to be a doctor. Like she, that was what she decided she wanted to pursue was, was being a nurse. And so, well, I mean, if they weren't calling her a witch, then <laughs> she's, I'm assuming well, she's, they were in the North now. <laughs> okay. This is the civil, civil war era. So they were in the North yeah don't forget that so yeah, yeah in the south she more, more than likely would have been called a witch and all that fun stuff but the north was a little more progressive and so they were taking it seriously and i'm hoping anyway but i have to also assume she was in a community of black people she wasn't servicing white people right she was in a group of men and women and children mm-hmm. who were formerly enslaved and that was or were enslaved and mm-hmm. she was taking care of them so yeah um since deciding to become a nurse in 1852 is when she moved to Charleston, Massachusetts to work as a nurse before applying and being accepted into the New England Female Medical College. Got to make sure it's the female medical college because they didn't mix co-eds. I'm surprised that that even existed. Me too. Super duper shocked. But there is, uh, I mean, it's like it was one person who decided that women are just as important as men and facilitated that of the college to be whatever. I they might have done it because they needed more nurses to take care of the wounded from the war. You are correct. So that is oh, exactly okay. what it was. Yep. So <laughs> there was a person that belt that firmly believed that more women should have access to this kind of information so that they can contribute to society etc cetera, etc cetera. and so the the medical college was i don't know when it was founded or opened or whatever but she applied she um ended up being accepted into the college then from 55 to 64 she was a nurse so there's a little bit of like i don't really know there's several colleges and schools that she had attended um the first one being the um new england female medical college But then in 1860, while she was working as a nurse, she, um, her supervisor decided that, or encouraged her to apply to, um, this next school that she went to, but I'm going to jump into something different quick. So 
she met a man called Wyatt Liam Charleston or Charleston while she was living there. And um, he was a Virginian native, a former slave. They were married in April 19th, 1859. This was actually his second marriage. And this was her first. A year later, his son, Albert died at seven years old. And they say this also may have prompted her to pursue her medical career. And so while she was a student in college, she ended up losing her husband. He passed away from tuberculosis on the 18th of April in 1863. Then she met and married Arthur Crumpler in St. John, New Brunswick on um, May 24th, 1865. So I don't know how they met. My assumption is that they met in the college that she was going to because he was tied to it in a way. Um, so the story's wild. He too was formerly a slave, but he escaped from Southampton County, Virginia. He was born in 1824 to Sam Crumpler, an enslaved man, um, that, or a man that was enslaved by Benjamin Crumpler. So he was living on a neighboring estate from the Crumpler estate. He was living with his mom and his, uh, siblings. So, the owner of the estate passed away and his family was sold when he was only nine years old. Okay. The owner's son decided to keep him after he won a wrestling contest with him on the day of the auction. So slaves used to be pitted against each other Yeah, and they would fight. So this man had a nine-year-old fight and decided to keep him after he, you know, won. Fucked. Yeah. Well, and... You said that they were given the last name of their owner? Yeah. Right? So yeah. no identity, Mm-mm. no lineage. None. No and, nothing. And to your, yep. And to your point, his family was sold with the exception of his of him. He has no clue where they went. He never saw them again. And uh, the only person he ended up like still under like at least knowing where she went was his sister the rest of his siblings and mother he no- has no idea where they went they never saw each other again or his oh, god it's just so fucking heartbreaking how how, how do how did people <laughs> do how, how? I, I don't just... understand it i really don't how do you have no empathy for a living thing so, it just fucking blows me away so uh, he ended up getting older. He served for the Union Army at Fort Monroe as a blacksmith. That was what he was good at when he was enslaved. He ended up in Massachusetts in 1862 and was taken in by Nathaniel Allen, who was actually the founder of the West Newton English and Classical School, also called the Allen School. So she attended several schools. Um Oh, I'm sorry. She didn't attend them. She attended the New England Medical School for fem- Females, but then she also did teach later. So, um, jumping back to Rebecca, she was a unique, unique instance in the industry as a black woman, um, and due in part to the Civil War, the demand for medical care was super duper high for all the veterans that were in need and all those that were wounded coming back, etc. And um, she was actually given a recommendation, like I said, by her supervisor while she was nursing to attend the New England Female College. Um, And he was like, I have to assume a white man, but 
he said that she should absolutely apply. Uh, she won a tuition award from the Wade Scholarship Fund that was actually established by a local businessman named John Wade of Woborn. Um, they primarily taught women to be midwives, but that school expanded their class courses when she started. Um, and so they expanded it to like more of the traditional medicine that we know today, not just midwifery. She was also accepted into the elite West Newton English and classical school in Massachusetts, where she was a special student in math. So hmm. I don't know when. <laughs> I don't know mm -hmm. if she was in attendance at, at both times. I have no idea. But there's this really interesting data breakdown that I think that you'll enjoy. So there were 54,543 physicians in the U.S. at that time. Only 300 of them were women, and she was the only black woman. Mm. It's wild. Got a little choked up about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she was the first African-American woman to become a formally trained physician in the U.S., like a formal medical doctor, mm -hmm. MD, Rebecca mm -hmm. MD. In 1864, she graduated from the College uh, for Female Medical Stuff and um, completed about three years of work, a thesis, and a final oral exam in February. So everything came to a head. And then on March 1st, the Board of Trustees named her a Doctor of Medicine. Unfortunately, at the time, she was married to Wyatt Lee and identified as Ms. Rebecca Lee. So the documentation has Ms. Rebecca Lee, not Crumpler. Um, after practice or after graduation, she practiced medicine in Boston and she primarily cared for, again, the black community, more women and children over anybody else. Um, after the war ended in 65, she'd moved to Richmond, Virginia, as she believed it was an ideal way to provide missionary service and get more experiences to learn about diseases um, and their impact to women and children. So she was very, very honed in on women and children like men mm -hmm. yes i'll treat you but i really want to understand how we can make her my experience better so that was mm -hmm. her, her focus um well she... i mean i i think innately a lot of times women do want to cater to women because we know Don't cater to otherwise <laughs> <laughs> i'm like we know what it feels like because still to this day there's this rhetoric that like you go to a doctor as a woman and they can dismiss you or make you think that it's in your head yeah. or um not properly understand the level of pain or whatever is going on because women have for so long just functioned and operated right with a tolerance level that is insanely <laughs> more more capable than men i think in a lot of regards um and so there's also a a distinguishing factor between women ac accurately describing the problems but also being understood while telling them and so i think that a lot of female doctors kind of lean more like 
empathetic towards women. Oh yeah. It's and it's an unfortunate um situation that's been built into I don't know the society <laughs> I guess of like or the culture of medicine um at least when it comes to men like I try to have female doctors as much as possible absolutely 100%. I've been dismissed by so many male doctors yep um it's, or like talked down to like I'm not smart enough to understand so they simplified it really really heavily it's like hey wait whoa I know those words. You can use them. Yeah. It's okay. I I've I've had poor experiences with Same. male doctors. And so we're talking now what two centuries after yes. this this <laughs> woman had decided to go into medicine. Yeah. So I mean I I just yeah. I, I'm putting myself in her shoes and I just feel it. Like if no one's gonna care about women in general but especially black women at least she can yeah exactly like she she took every opportunity she could and i'm not it's not not to say she didn't fight for every opportunity she absolutely had to racism was rampant again there were slaves still in this time frame the civil war was about slavery so you can imagine that people who see this woman as less than are not expecting her to come in and be her their physician so she achieved all of this but mm-hmm. she still was met with so much pushback along the way yeah um, so while she was in virginia and she was helping out with the veterans the women and children as well she claimed that during that time there nearly every hour she improved herself in the area she was experiencing so Uh, she quoted or the quote is the last quarter of the year in 66 i was enabled to have access to each day to a very large number of indigent and other of others of different classes in a population of over thirty thousand colored so Mm. basically she was saying that she was exposed to a large spectrum of things that uh were ailing the colored population at the time black people that she was helping and she learned a lot and she like soaked it up like a sponge good yeah there are some certain metrics where black women are more affected than other races and i still don't know if we know why but like it's a thing for real yeah no absolutely everybody is different especially since a lot of the lineage is just not you can't trace it you have no idea what the genetics are what the history is where these people originated how they developed what they have you know it's it's evolution so yeah she she took advantage of her opportunities for sure um so she went and worked for the freedmen's bureau to provide medical care to the freedmen and freedwomen who were denied care by white physicians which means she was again serving the black community of formerly enslaved folks who needed medical attention and were just pushed off by white people not everybody was rooting for her like i said so while mm-hmm. she was at the bureau she worked under orlando brown who was the assistant commissioner she was definitely subject to racism from both the admins and other physicians that she worked directly with she would sometimes even have problems getting her prescriptions filled and would be ignored by the male physicians like as they were in the room talking she would speak and they wouldn't say a fucking thing or look at her back like mm. just you don't exist Mm-hmm. The disrespect she would they also said that people would heckle her saying the md she earned in medical school stood for mule driver 
Oh my God. Like just unrelenting. <sighs> yes. Um, from there, she ended up moving to 67 Joy Street in Boston. And what I'm finding is a lot of the information that we have available to us in these, in these like articles that I'm finding, they're doing a lot of census, like the census mm-hmm. bureau. They're doing mm-hmm. a lot of figuring that with that information. So that's why I'm giving you the address and the street name. <laughs> Cause it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, um, she went to the 67 joy street in boston it was a predominantly black community in beacon hill and she practiced medicine treating children without much concern for their parents ability to pay she had absolutely no interest in take collecting their money none um the home she lived in is actually still on the boston's women heritage trail as well so it's pretty cool it's pretty beautiful i mean talk about a real hero that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying like the most underserved community possible. She went and did that. Without um, without any type of financial uh, promise. Right. Yeah, no. It, she won tuition. She won a scholarship from a yeah. white man. Like, yeah. come on. So uh, in... Uh, in the 1870s, she and her husband supposedly had a daughter called Lizzie Sinclair. There's no real record of her after the fact, so it's assumed that she did not survive infancy, which is sad. Like, even they didn't document a lot of the stuff at their own lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, she didn't, they didn't have access to take pictures of themselves. So there's no photo yeah. evidence of, of anything. Remember, this is yeah. the 1800s, not even 1900s yet yeah um she ended up speaking though in 1874 at a funeral service for the massachusetts senator charles sumner she read a poem that she had written where she touchingly alluded to his love for the gifted emerson she so like i don't know what her relationship was with the senator but i have to assume that she was collecting accolades for what she was doing and he was probably presenting them to her like hey i recognize you as a black woman in the community doing this for your people i want to present you with this award whatever and then emerson was actually another person i guess you could say who was very interested in equality and understanding more about society and why we do the things we do and he very much pushed for um women equal rights etc etc so that's why she basically was like thank you for you know you're touchingly or she wrote him a poem about how he was in how he loved emerson but also in sarah's world i wonder like did emerson and and charles have a little thing it could have i don't know this is oh i mean is emerson the first name yeah of the book of the person so it's most likely a guy Mm -hmm. it is a man oh okay Yeah. yeah maybe i don't know there's also this whole uh wartime uh closeness that can happen if you've lost a lot of people and if they were working together on any of the post battle grounds or you know just uh, people bond together through the shit they see and experience yeah. and yeah. who knows i mean yeah i guess there could have been a potentially a relationship there i don't know i mean who knows i, I mean way homosexual or not but like i feel like if you're 
out there bandaging people together, little literal like limbs. <laughs> yes. Fingers are falling off. And, yes. You know, it's just it's it's a different um bonding experience. Yeah. So uh before and during the Civil War, the Senator Charles Sumner was a leading American advocate for the abolition 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 abolition. Can I say abolition? That? Yeah, thank you. Of slavery. <laughs> <laughs> So, I so yeah, that. I mean, they, they they seen some shit, you know, they've been through some things. <laughs> yeah, together. They were, they, they were fighting things uh, together. Yes, together. So, and then Ralph Waldo Emerson. He was an American essayist, lecturer, philosopher. Oh, my God. That's why I asked. I'm like, is Emerson the first name? You're like, yeah. And I'm like. Because this whole time I was thinking that you meant Ralph, Ralph Waldo Emerson, who's an extremely yes. prolific writer. Yes. <laughs> His first name is not Emerson. No, it's not. I lied to you. It's Ralph. I didn't have it on my notes. <laughs> and yes. this whole time I'm thinking like she's writing this poem because Ralph Waldo Emerson is a celebrity yes. of this time. <laughs> that makes like, sense. This is not, and so that's why I was like, wait, I don't want to assume that no, that's what she's talking about. So that's then I'm like, about. well, okay. Now see, it all makes more sense. Yep. Yep. Here we are. Together. <laughs> I should have just come right out and been like, is it Ralph Waldo? Emerson? I, I, can, because... I, can, I can look. <laughs> <laughs> it's so well, funny to me that you don't, you didn't have that though. Like off the top of your head, you're like, eh. It wasn't in my it was in front of my face. I'm like, well, he's extremely prolific. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Sadly, I know the name. I just I'm not connecting the dots right now. Honestly. <laughs> That's thanks, ADHD. Thank you. Thank you. I'll remember everything at, like this morning at 2 a.m. Tomorrow morning. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so you're speculating a homosexual relationship. <laughs> However, Students to this day probably still learn well, about his do. writing. Yep, that's fine. That's cool. So I don't. <laughs> well, see, this is why people need to take everything we say with just a grain, you know? <laughs> or wait for me to correct you, I a guess. Fair I, don't... <laughs> yeah, there, that. I don't know. I mean, I say the wrong things all the time, too, but <laughs> that one really got me. That's why we're here. <laughs> major philosopher uh, like we still like question philosophies cool. that he put <laughs> cool okay it still triggers people to this day but it's fine <laughs> oh that's really funny so uh <laughs> she actually did end up teaching in wilmington and then Newcastle, Delaware in 1876. So I wish there was more about her because it seems like her life was so full of these really great experiences and opportunities that she very much took. But there's not a lot of like information on it, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> to that point, um, there are no photographs, like I said, then, but there was a, Bl a Boston Globe, a Boston Globe article, and I'm going to mm -hmm. paraphrase here, described her as a very pleasant intellectual woman with an 
N or I N D E F A T infatigable church worker. That's what it is. Is that a word? It is, I guess. Anyway. <laughs> Let's ask Ralph. <laughs> Emerson, you mean. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so um she Dr. Crumbler is 59 or 60 years of age, tall and straight with light brown skin and gray hair. About marriage, she said the secret to a successful marriage is to continue in the careful routine of the courting days till it becomes well understood between the two. Like, I just I want to go read her book. So also she had a book, but they um her and her husband moved to Hyde Park in Boston in 1880. They were very active members of the 12th Baptist Church, where he was actually a trustee. Um and then in 1883, she had her two-part book called A Book of uh, Medical Discourses published. She took her notes from over her course, the course of her career and actually just created a full-on publication from them. And she dedicated it to nurses and others um, for the possibilities of prevention. So like I kind of stated earlier, she was very focused on women and children, but she was also focused on making sure women could protect themselves um if the so the book focused on well wait hang on a second i lost my time. she really wanted to give women education on prevention to better protect themselves themselves especially if they were to become nurses so at one point she stated that most nurses did not agree with the prevention and forgot that for every ailment there was a cause within their power to remove it so she was kind of like level setting everybody not to be all in the hype of like, oh, this medication will do this and all oh, this medication will do this and really wanted people to understand like this. A lot of this stuff is preventable if you were just to fucking take care of yourself better or mm. whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. so well, and she's got roots with her aunt's um, kind of uh holistic midwifery solutions right exactly. so yep. she's she's keeping things grounded here with there's no yes. magic pills people yep and she definitely sneakily incorporated homeopathy into her work without formally stating it and she also never explicitly states that medicine can be harmful but she does state it as a there is a conventional amount to take so she was very cautious up front with medication off the rip and mm -hmm. was very much trying to be and she was trying to enable women to be proactive, basically, which who doesn't love that? <laughs> right. Right. So the first part was about mitigating or preventing and mitigating like intestinal problems that can occur with children from zero to five, especially around the, you know, teething age or whatever. Um, so I don't know a thing about what children went through when they were teething in the 1800s. I assume it was fucking weird, uncomfortable and whatever parents tried to give children to eat to soothe maybe fucked their stomachs up that's where i'm going with that <laughs> or the kids were just putting stuff in their mouths right i mean those kids still do that today but yeah. the disease level was more rampant and people aren't like washing their hands for 20 seconds and whatever right, right? so who knows what the kids putting in his mouth maybe even just his own fingers to try yeah. to soothe the pain and uh, mm -hmm. the teeth cutting through the gums and his fingers are gross. Right. So. Exactly. Exactly. So that's the first <laughs> part. The second part was actually mainly about 
life and growth of beings like the beginning of womanhood and the prevention and cure of the most distressing complaints for both sexes like it was almost more philosophical than it was medical in the second part Mm. she included some politics and some moral commentary as well advising it like hey what age a woman should enter marriage and also advice on how do you have a happy marriage so it was kind of like this all-encompassing kind of like live your life pamphlet well book it's a book hmm um, but she was religious. Yes. So if she's talking about beginning of life, I wonder how how that played into it. Yeah. Well, I don't know because she was a, a woman of science, but right. Very, and I think that, and this is again Sarah's world, so don't come at me. But I think that in communities that really gather in their churches around this organized, I'm using air quotes, organized religion, they for certain have a dedication to the their Lord. I personally think a lot of the times these communities need each other. And so they're gathering around organized religion, but really they're creating a community of like-minded people that they can feel safe with. And yeah. So I think that was maybe her lens at the time because the end of civil war era, you know? Yeah. I mean, cause if she's together. talking about it from a science perspective and not sitting here saying that Eve is from Adam's rib, like, yes, I, I give her a lot of respect because exactly. the church world would not be okay. With oh, that. no, dear, no, dear child, no. Okay. Um, in the beginning of her book, it had a preface in her own words, which is incredibly uncommon slash never had been done before. Because at the time, they were typically crafted in the style of how a white man would write to prove authenticity. And as we know, speech patterns are different in communities, ethics, and cultures. Even in the United States, we have different dialect and different regions of a, a different, just like one state. So mm-hmm. I imagine a lot of the writings at the time are what we see today, and they were just disrespecting the lack of education that people had prior to. <laughs> so the authenticity was having good grammar and spelling. Um, okay, mm. but she states, she writes, it may well be, it, it, she, let me restart. Man, I need to reset today. Okay. It may <laughs> be well to state here that having been reared by a kind of aunt in Pennsylvania whose usefulness with the sick was continually continually sought, I early conceived a liking for and sought every opportunity to relieve the sufferings of others. Later in life, I devoted my time, when best I could, to nursing as a business, serving under different doctors for a period of eight years most of the time at my adopted home in Charleston, Middlesex County, Massachusetts. For these doctors, I received letters commending me to the faculty of the New England Female Medical College, whereas four years afterwards, I received the degree of doctress in medicine. Oh, wow. We had um, we had a story where I was talking about a woman who called herself an editress. Yes, the first because, editor. Yep. Yes, the first major thanksgiving lady. female editor name? yeah i can't remember her name i just remember oh. her mm-hmm. oh. so um rebecca unfortunately well unfortunately she passed in um uh, 1895 on march 9th so i guess how old was she she was born in 31 and she passed in 95 that's not a very long life. So. She passed in 1895? Yes. Oh, 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's like just about 60. Yeah, 64. Yeah. Uh, her s- husband actually kicked around a while after her and passed in May of 1910. They were both buried. This is what fucking kills me the most. They were both buried in unmarked graves for 125 fucking years in Fairville Cemetery. Till 2020. 2020. Unmarked graves. For the very first black woman in the United States to become a doctor, she was buried in an unmarked fucking grave. So on July 16, a ceremony was held to dedicate a gravestone in memory of the couple the granite gravestone was a result of fundraising that was led by Vicki Gall. Uh, she was the president of the Friends of Hyde Park Library. So thanks to Vicki, Miss Mayhem has herself at least a headstone with her husband. Um, and, and sadly, that, that concludes all the information I could find on Miss Rebecca Lee Crumpler. Um, shout out to Wikipedia, of course. NPS.gov. And womenhistory.org for helping me out um the editress name was sarah josephia hale that's right it was her name it was, was my name yep <laughs> episode 264 um well thank you for sharing that Jeez, i it um it doesn't surprise me that her death was a little I don't know. Shushed was is I don't um right non flamboyant or whatever. Like I feel like a woman who make those big strides are really just like I'm doing it for the next person or I'm doing it for my community or I'm doing it for other women and like don't put a lot of fuss into themselves. Right. Or, you know, trying to get the extra recognition or whatever. Um, and it would have been really hard anyway at that time to get her the what she deserved. Um, so I'm glad that they came back around and did something did. to celebrate it. I mean, Jesus, though, that's a long-ass time. Yeah, I'm. you're telling me. And the fucked up thing is in um, 2019 on March 30th, the governor of Virginia declared, um, Dr. Uh, the governor declared that March 30th, 19, March 30th, 19, <laughs> 2019, freaking numbers. <laughs> uh, Virginia's governor declared that day to be Dr. Rebecca Lee Crumpler day. So that's kind of cool. Um, and then let's see. Only 2% of practicing physicians identify as African-American women. Isn't that sad? Yeah. Wow. Right? That's crazy. It's such a low amount of people. Like, I would, I just, it, it just makes me so sad. Hmm. I didn't realize it was still, the the balance was still that far off. I didn't realize that. So, thanks for bringing yeah. the story up and continuing to talk about it. Yeah. Because um, as someone who 
definitely dabbles in Eastern and Western medicine. <laughs> I feel like I have a very similar thought process as, as Miss Rebecca in regards Probably. to medicine and um, prevention and all of that. And I'm consistently trying to seek out the best care that I can get. And a lot of times it's not covered on insurance or right. it's not um, uh, functionally looking at my entire body or how things get processed fully. It's like you have your one specialist with your one Band-Aid and then a domino effect of other things happens because they don't Think look at it. The they don't look at the whole body as is one unit yep they're looking at this bit and that bit and um yeah it's it's unfortunate that there's not more of her i agree and like the the women's history.org article actually had a little bit more like tea detail or whatever but you know it's it's sickening to me that there is somebody like her out there who did all these wonderful things and there's literally just this kind of like just a contained story that can be told in less than 20 minutes about her life like she did such amazing work and nobody documented it bums me out <clears throat> and i yeah yeah i i mean a lot of these times when we do these stories unless they've uncovered a diary or personal journal Right. But it sounds like <laughs> what she was keeping track of was um, trends, tests, uh, you know, things in the medical world, genealogy even maybe or something. She was not keeping track of like her own life. Yeah. Like I said, these women oftentimes just are like, this is what I do. And you don't need to make a big deal out of it, you know? Yes no reason to fuss this is just an everyday thing and everybody's like no no fuss 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 <laughs> yeah and um they don't sometimes we learned from our like last season of shows where we had a lot of relationship coaches and um dating experts and life coaches and whatever so we came across quite a few doctors who came on the show or who had written books and um all the women who came on that were doctors or had their PhD, maybe they weren't practicing medicine, but you know, had a doctor label. We're like, oh, you don't have to worry about it. Like, you can just call me Karen, you know? <laughs> and every time you were like, and oh, every time we're much. like, no, <laughs> <laughs> you, you earned all of that. We're going to use every fucking letter you earned PhD, MD, FDPQ. I don't give a shit. <laughs> and they're like, oh, no, 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 it's not a big deal. Or, it is, or it? it was like, you know, just call me Dr. Karen or whatever um and the the men would come on and you better have that title and the full name it was it's just it's wild <laughs> it's, it's wild the we need, to, we need to own it the disparaging difference in the egos of men and women yeah. and the real core of i want to help people versus i want to help people but also be recognized <laughs> seriously you can see when people are <laughs> genuinely there for the people is how they expect to be addressed that's my indicator <laughs> it was weird myself, i was so. just like okay i've never really uh come across this trend before because when are you going in front of that many uh 
people with doctorates on a regular basis. And if it's your regular doctor, you have a different relationship. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Some A lot of them I don't call by their first name anyway, but. I just call them all my doctor's doc. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's unfortunate that there's not more information, but I'm glad that there is something. Me too. And that there's it was some recognition and that how did you come across her? I'm liking that you found out about her. Found her. I was gonna do. Okay, so full disclosure, I was gonna do little Debbie, um, and little bonus. the snack queen. Yeah, she's still she's actually a real human. Um, her okay. Grandparents, her grandparents used her likeness for the little Debbie shit and didn't tell her parents. And she's actually still currently running little Debbie. She's like the CEO. Really? <laughs> yeah. I yes. just assumed that she was like Betty Crocker, who's not real. Nope. Little Debbie's a real, actual person. Did I just blow something up for you, though? Did you know Betty Crocker's not real? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. I was actually going to do an April Fool's episode on Betty Crocker, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I actually was planning that, if you can believe it. Wow. You really had <laughs> springtime on the brain. I do. You were already thinking about April. Uh-huh. <laughs> then I'm, I'm closer to warm things yes yeah it hasn't been that terribly cold though so anyway um thank you for the, sharing that story and doing the research and um letting us know about miss rebecca because man there are there are other young black women who hear this story it just I hope it revives them. Me too. Or just anybody in general. Inspire. Well, yeah. Yeah. I just, I guess like. Um... But yeah, I say, I would say like, yes, if we have a community of listeners who are black women, we appreciate you and we want you to do nothing but the best in your life. So hopefully it gave you a little, um, a little motivation. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like, you know, going to say, I know what it's like to walk nope. in their shoes by any no means. Idea. But I'm just assuming that if they're considering going into the medical field or being a doctor of some kind, that there's misplaced doubt that they don't need to have. Mm-hmm. You know, just run it, run it, sis. Yeah, Let it rip. Let it rip. Yeah, we got to get these percentages uh, more balanced. Um, for, for real, that's Unless- crazy. I mean, and I'm trying to think back into, like, my extensive medical career (laughs) as a professional sick person. Yeah. And I can honestly say I've never had or encountered any, anybody of color in my time in medicine, like, going through all the things. It's always been white men and white women. Oh, I've had, um... A sprinkling of Indian and Arabic. Um, I do I do recall having one black male doctor. And um I ended up switching from him to a woman because yeah. his recommendations were bullshit and not working. <laughs> <laughs> so I when I say switched it wouldn't work for anybody else, it just didn't work for her. Yeah. So when I switched from him to a woman neurologist, 
that we got on the right path. Um, yep. I might have had a a woman. Nope, she was Arabic. I was I say mean, um uh I mean, dermatologist, but no, you're right. I would well okay. So I'm taking it back. I'm thinking about my dermatologist, and she's an Asian lady, and then. I had a couple other non-Western medicine doctors who were not white people, but that's it. Mm-hmm. Not traditional med- medicine, white folk. Gross. Well, there's a pretty big Asian population in there. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming to our talks. <laughs> I know. Um, it's at a girl time now. Yes, so that's where we pat ourselves on the back for something good that we've done or uh, good that's happened to us. And my Atta Girl, man, I don't remember what episode I did my Atta Girl on where I was saying like I attempted to sell my clothes. I think it was like from a month and a half ago. I was like, I attempted to sell my clothes. It backfired, but. Good for me for trying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I um, scheduled an appointment at a different place to sell clothes. And in the meantime, I also uh, gave some things away to like friends' daughters, Aww, which that's is better than throwing it in the bin. Yep. Um, in the bin. <laughs> yeah. You know those bins that they have at the... Oh, I know what you're talking about. Where you can just dump it in the bin. Yeah, those um, freak me out. I always feel like there's a person in there. Really? Yes. I wasn't saying it like as in the British way of saying it, like you're gonna chuck it in the bin, like it's trash. Oh, I definitely I thought like you, were, a... you were going British with that one. I thought that was no. undertones from the UK. Okay. Right. <laughs> no, I was meaning the donation bins, not mm, the trash funny. bin. Yeah, the ones <laughs> that are in the parking lots. Yes. <laughs> um. So anyway, today. I had an appointment and they only bought three things out of my massive bag, which is still better than nothing. Was it worth your trip? I ended up just doing a store credit and got two, two new things. So <laughs> That's a lot. It's a, yes. How, however, um, the two new things, like maybe I'll actually wear right. Versus the other three things that I would not. So, right. I don't know. Um, and so anyway, my girl is just like, I didn't give up on this pursuit. (laughs) 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 I listed them on Facebook marketplace. I listed clothes on Poshmark and, um, I've sold other household goods on Facebook marketplace as well. Like it's quite the effort. I must say quite the effort. Well, you get a lot of people who message you on Marketplace and then don't follow through, and it's yeah. very annoying to me. Yes, I imagine it is just as annoying as online dating for you. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. So I got curious about the word doctress because what? So I looked it up really quick, and apparently the English language used to try to become try to be more general gendered so doctress was a used word used for female doctor um 
the English language has become incredibly gender neutral because there used to be phrases like lawyeress, professoress, anything with the R E S S at yeah, the end of actress, it. Mm-hmm. comedian. Mm-hmm. Yes. So there's that. We're slowly getting out of that, I guess. All right, my Atta girl. Well, we haven't done anything since Christmas, right? No, this is our first episode, so we yeah. had All right, we had about a, a week and a half. Yeah. So my Atta girl, I my shower was doing the black mold behind the silicone caulking thing. Couldn't clean it, couldn't soak it, get it out, whatever. And I'm I don't like I don't like that at all i'm not okay with black mold in my shower at any capacity so i scraped and scraped and scraped and scraped (laughs) and cleaned and cleaned and cleaned and then re-silicone caulked my tub and i'm very proud of myself because i think it looks great and i'm just really excited to see if it lasts oh well why wouldn't it I don't Did you know. not let it dry long enough or something I'll, before you I'll applied? Let it, we let it go for 24 hours, but it's the first time I've done it. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. Know what I'm fucking doing. So we'll see what happens. Um, But my plans are, I'm hoping my next Atta Girl is that I did the same thing for my kitchen counter, which that might be a bigger project because I have to remove the faucet to get access to the stuff behind it. So we'll see how that goes. Mm. I may yeah, removing that. faucets is... Tedious. Well, it, removing them is not bad. Putting them back is tedious. Right, and like the, the I phone a friend for that because I. Yeah, and the seals on the I I don't know whoever installed this shit just did a very poor job. Like they didn't do it right. They did it quick, and it's you can tell. So like the seals on all the different sink things are all coming out anyway. So it'll be a good time for me to just give it a little refreshy fresh. But mm-hmm. I need assistance, so we'll see if I can rope the boy. <laughs> Hello. Would you have well, me? I'm super proud of you because I was determined to um, do the caulk in my bathroom when I moved in six years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, it was black mold growing yeah. behind it and you can't, it was the kind you couldn't get out. And it's yeah. the kind that you, there's no bleach you can dump. There's no peroxide. It's just, you, it's not accessible. Yeah. Organic matter. And it was clear that the job that was done was poor. So in doing that, I found that all of the grout was mixed improperly. And so now it's just flaking off when I clean it. Mm. Love that for me. So that might be my next adventure. <laughs> Before the kitchen, I'm not sure. Home ownership, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> oh goodness well that's a really good add a girl that's that's a process that's days because yeah. the steps the steps the part steps. of the reason i never did mine is because i don't have another bathroom that was the only thing that helped me push through the steps it's because i have another shower i can use when i lived in my other house i had a second shower in the basement and when that tub was leaking, they redid it. And I just suffered because I didn't want to shower in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you belong to a gym that has showers, don't you? I do now. But like back then, I did not. Oh, yeah, true. It was just a 24-hour dry time. Okay. So it was no big deal. But yeah. So that's that. Happy New Year, bitches. <laughs>
much. Happy New Year. Homans out.